0: Hello and welcome again to the Persuasion Lab podcast. I'm your host, Moen Amin. The goal for this show is to provide you with the most practical and cutting edge advice, insights and research around persuasion. So whether you are in sales, marketing, if you're an entrepreneur, if persuasion is your game, then this is the show for you. And we, have, we invite experts from varying fields and all over the world, To share insights that can really elevate your success so today's guest is a a linkedin top voice in sales he's the author of two best-selling books in sales and he's just released his third now in his 25 years career in sales he's worked in some well-known brands in the uk such as the motley fool central media and informer his current company everybody works in sales delivers sales coaching and linkedin training and he's worked with some big well-known brands such as Sainsbury's and Barclays as well as over 300 SMEs. Now if that's not enough, he also has almost 100 recommendations on LinkedIn about how great he is and the results that he has helped deliver for his clients. So please help me welcome someone that on top of all of that, he's also an ambassador for a hospital as well as get this, he's a drummer in a rock band. So please help me welcome Mr. Naraj Kapoor, Naraj, welcome to the show.
1: Moeid, what an absolutely fantastic introduction and very well researched as well. Thank you. My pleasure. Like, wow,
0: I've got to get to know the people that are on the show so we have a good discussion. I've got to ask. Do you get do you still have time
1: to play? Oh God, I love playing the drums. Um, I don't play because I, I I moved to Northern Ireland two years ago and I'll, I'll bring it up why in the podcast. Uh so the band I played with, oh, I love those guys so much. Really great bunch. I learned so much from them about music. Uh, but now uh my partner's brother plays an ECDC, which is Ireland's top ACDC cover band. They're amazing. So every time they play, I always goof about the drums beforehand <laughs> because because my, my partner's brother's a drummer. Um and he literally, if you imagine a tall, sweaty Jesus, that's exactly what he looks like. Uh Playing <laughs> drums, it's so funny. But yeah, he's a good guy, and so I still play, but I play more for fun these days. That's so
0: interesting, and I, I always love to hear about what people do external to their work because, I mean, that's the mark of the person, right? So you get to understand them. So that's so interesting. Really, really, I don't think we've had a drummer on the show, uh, so oh, you would be the first. So that's great. That's great. <laughs> why don't we? Why don't we dive straight in, right? And and let let's start with the big question, right? Which is. In your in your opinion, what makes a great salesperson?
1: Sales has evolved massively over the years. You know, if we asked that question four or five years ago, people would say it's somebody who regularly hits target. And that's true to a certain extent, of course. But the values have changed massively, especially going into 2023. And a great salesperson nowadays, of course, hitting your target is very important. It's somebody who serves their customers it's somebody who leads from the heart and it's somebody it reminds me of an old way dyer quote given the choice of being right or being kind choose kind so that those for me are the great traits of salespeople. yes you have to be able to pick up the phone yes you have to have resilience all the usual stuff you'd expect but going into the future serving your customers first putting your customers first leading from the heart these are really priceless skills that are finally becoming important in the modern world
0: I personally agree with you but let me offer a contrarian point of view there's a lot of talk around you know the balance between serving your customer and serving yourself and and the interests of your employer and usually there's contention so for example If you recognize that actually what a buyer is looking for is something that you can't do, but one of your competitors can. Now I know great examples of top salespeople who have referred them to their competitors. And in the long run, that actually benefited them because they 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 kind of established far deeper trust with them than they could have down the other route. However, there had that did cause contention between them and their employer. So could you could you elaborate a bit more around? How does one become a great, how does one great offer service to their customers? And how does someone sell from the heart? What does
1: that, what does that entail? I know that many of the listeners to your show are entrepreneurs. So it's much easier if someone's not a right fit to say, look, you're not the right fit. I'm going to recommend a competitor or somebody who is. That also does take a lot of intelligence and courage. And that's a good thing to do. If you work for somebody else, because I have recommended my competitor at my previous job when I worked 25 years for other people. My boss was livid. Mm. <laughs> he was not happy about that. And mm. so in that case, you have to exercise caution. Because bear in mind, there are a lot of terrible bosses out there. There's a lot of bosses who don't care how you sell. They have bonuses they want to get so they can have bigger holidays and have nicer watches. That, that That's just a fact of life, unfortunately. And I mm. wish I could change that. And I'm seeing more and more, especially in the last few months towards the end of 2022, a lot of really bad bosses are coming out of the woodwork. A lot of people, a lot of salespeople and sales leaders are resigning from jobs because the bosses are demanding things like, I want 100 phone calls a day Hmm. uh, instead of 80. Uh, Stop using LinkedIn is now a big thing with, with bosses. Stop using LinkedIn. Send more emails to people. You know that <laughs> LinkedIn is one of the most brilliant ways to build your brand and your credibility as a salesperson. And yet there's so many bosses saying don't use LinkedIn and they're giving terrible advice. So as a business owner, it's easy for me to do. Working for somebody else, always act in the best interest of your customer. But sometimes, depending on your boss, you cannot recommend the competition because it will get you to trouble. And that will depend on what kind of boss you have, of course. Uh, in terms of what I mean by overdelivering to a customer. I'll give you a very good example. Um, Last week, client's birthday. I sent the client a birthday card in the post. The client picked up the phone to call me to say thank you. I was the only person who sent him a birthday card. That's it. I didn't send him any expensive champagne. I didn't extend any beautiful beer, chocolates. No, a birthday card with a personal handwritten note inside to say, I wish you a fantastic 30th birthday Thank you for being a fantastic customer and hope you have a fantastic time with yourself and your partner whose name I knew and I mentioned as well. These little things make a huge difference. You know, I had someone who recently finished their 10th coaching session with me. So I gave them 11th coaching session free of charge. Again, coaching is not cheap. Sorry, good quality coaching is not cheap. Mm. I didn't have to do that. But you know what? They made for 10 sessions. That's a lot. I said, okay, I'm going to give you a bonus session now. If after that you want to finish, it's not a problem. I just want to say thank you for being a fantastic line to me that's a good example of over delivering to a customer it's it's giving them way way more than what they expect what you just described there sounds more like the heart
0: part than anything else so it's actually thinking about showing them appreciation um understanding them a bit more um it it felt it felt like more of a human just a kind human to human interaction as opposed to a business related interaction. I'm not saying they have to be mutually exclusive, but what you just shared there was almost like, you know, just being a human being, just being a kind human being rather than someone that's just trying to suck your commission out of them.
1: Oh, yeah. I, this is yeah. massively underrated in sales. And people often mistake sales as just selling, sales is customer service. Sales is marketing. Sales is psychology, sales is persuasion, sales is great community. There's so many things, you know, sales is, um, people don't realize how big and complicated sales is.
0: Mm, agreed.
1: It's not just a transaction. And the human touch has really come into play, especially in the last six months to a year. I've seen it grow and change so dramatically, which I'm glad it has because it really had to change. You look at how fast the tech industries have grown in the last two years. You look at how much we rely on technology and tech stacks now, in sales. And yet I get spam more than ever on LinkedIn and Mm. email and the emails absolutely stink. The Mm. messages are awful. And whenever I correct people to say, look, just so you know, you're never going to get anywhere with anybody sending messages like this. I know how difficult it is in sales. So look, here's some articles I've written on email writing that I think will help you. I don't do this all the time because 99% of people never say thank you, but two or three people a day I will. And three people this morning at 8am I sent messages to saying, look, this hard sell doesn't work with me. It's just a copy and paste email. Here are some articles I've written. Please read them. and I promise you it'll make a massive difference to your success. Not one of them said thank you. So (laughs) that's the problem with sales. Most people just are trying to hit their targets because they're under just quite often unbearable pressure from a boss or Mm. they've been given very bad advice from a boss who just says your goal because I've seen, I've seen people's KPIs all the time. Your goal is to spam 20 people on LinkedIn today. Mm-hmm. That is your goal. Every day, 100 a week, which is a stupid goal to have. It's better to contact 10 people a week instead of 100, but make them good quality messages and at least build a relationship with them. Because relationships take time to build. You don't build a relationship in a quick email, ever. So what should...
0: Now, I have my own thoughts on this and, and my own research, but I'm really curious to hear from you, for all those entrepreneurs and leaders that are listening to us, sh- you know, you talked about the goals of 100 cold call, call calls a day or spam 20 people on LinkedIn. What should the
1: goals be? The goal should be to build 10 relationships. That's way more important than 100 spammy messages. So, uh, okay, the last guy messed messaged me this morning. Okay, he was from a wealth management company in London. Mm. And he mm. said, hi, we have loads of things in common. First of all, that means nothing. Uh, anybody can say that. And I think we can really help you. Here's my calendar link. Let me know what day works in your garment. That's so boring and so cliche. Now, if he had said to me, Neeraj, I've just liked and commented on your post you mentioned last week about the importance of standing up from the competition or Neeraj. I saw you give a Ted talk last week. That's amazing. Congratulations. That takes so much courage. I'm a big fan of Ted talks, especially Brene Brown's or Simon Sinek's. The experience must have been amazing. You know, speaking of amazing experiences, I like to talk to you about how our business can help provide value to you. if you had said that, I probably would have replied because it's different to the majority of emails I get. You've got to do your research, you've got to make an effort. And of the say, thousand messages I get on email and LinkedIn and WhatsApp, et cetera, a week, a thousand messages, maybe two of them are good. Hmm. Two out of a thousand are good. One often isn't relevant. And I'll tell the person it's not relevant. If they come back to me with a really good reply, I might recommend them to somebody else. Right. Uh, and The second person will normally go, okay, that person was interesting. Let me see if they follow up. And you'd be shocked number of people who just don't follow up ever. They send me a really good message. And I think, okay, I'm busy. Let's see if they follow up next week. And they don't even follow up, which I find shocking. So again, it's teaching people not just to do your research but it's teaching them the value of following up because business is always in the follow-up. It's very rare you're going to send an email to somebody or a LinkedIn message or a text, and that person is going to go, wow, this is just what I've been waiting for. I must must call this person right now to do business. It doesn't work like that. I want to see you making some effort. Otherwise, why would I do business with you? Why would I give my hard-earned money to you?
0: why is it important to see them make the effort so let's say they do send you an email or a message whatever it might be that really is intriguing why would you still want them to make the effort as opposed to acknowledging that it's intriguing acknowledging that they've made their homework and they've made that level of effort and then responding back to them What what's the added benefit for you because i'm trying to get into the minds of the buyer here because there probably are a lot of buyers that probably do the same thing and I just want to share with our with our viewers and listeners why that's important
1: it's very important because most people who are trying to sell do not understand the minds of their customers now for me as a customer looking at my day today um i went for a swim this morning i didn't want to but i needed the energy for today so i went for a swim i then came back and spent an hour on linkedin i then delivered some one-to-one mentoring i then delivered some training I then went and visited a friend who's just out of hospital to see how he was. I then rushed back to speak to you. Straight after this, I'm going to take my autistic nephew for a walk. Then after that, I'm going to do some reading, have dinner with my family. And then the evening, my to-do list is just, I am really busy all day long. Mm. So I've already forgotten what you've sent me earlier on this morning or yesterday. So it's really important you follow up. Only because my priorities are far, far greater than your need to sell your product or your service. That's very important for people to understand when they're selling. My life and my needs and my to-do list is way more important than anything you're trying to sell to me. Therefore, that's why you have to follow up because chances are I'll have forgotten what you've said to me by next 24 hours. That's the reason why.
0: Let's repeat that because I think salespeople and and professionals at large really need to understand my life and my needs are far more important than anything you have to sell to me.
1: 100%. You know, one of the messages mm. I got today, the guy actually said, are you free for a chat tomorrow? I'm like, really? <laughs> mm. You know, I don't know any business owner who's like, oh, sure, I got a Call me tomorrow. I have all the time in the world. My diary is wide open. No, I don't. I really mm. don't. Now, if you're my client, I will find time for you even if it's in the evening because you're my client. I don't mind doing That's that. That's a priority. Yeah. That's exactly. People are very busy during the day, you know, uh, and you have to understand that. And again, most people don't understand that because they're just trying to sell their product or service because they haven't had the self-awareness to understand. You know what? I need to understand sales. Most people's attitude towards sales, Moeed, unfortunately, is there's a lot of crap salespeople out there I'm slightly better than crap, so therefore I'll be okay. That's how most people kind of think, which is a terrible Mm. way to think. What you should be thinking is, okay, sales is a skill. There's involves marketing. As I've said, it involves psychology. It involves persuasion. It involves understanding how to write emails. It involves how to understand sales process. It involves listening, which is a great skill, which not many people have. It involves asking great questions. Uh, And this is all part of the sales process. And yet 90% of people don't actually do anything about it. Hmm. You might watch a YouTube video now and again or read a LinkedIn post, but that's it. And I just wish people would understand it's like any skill. You know, my my father spent five years becoming a doctor. My brother-in-law spent seven years becoming a surgeon. My uh, other brother, he's a tennis coach, took years doing that. My sister's a physiotherapist, took her years to do that. And yet most people in business do not think, you know what? I need to spend three to five years learning about sales. They just don't have that in their brain. And they should have because it's a skill like any skill you have to learn. I gave my first TEDx talk last week, dream come true.
0: Hmm.
1: I have been speaking for four years. I have a speaking coach. I have read TED books. I have gone to Professional Speakers Association. I have keynote at events, online and face-to-face. I have spoken internationally. I've been doing this for years. Almost four years before I gave my first TEDx talk. Four years. That's what I'm saying. You have to look long term, and you have to be learning long term as well.
0: I completely, one hundred percent agree, Norad. I mean, I, you know, sales is a vocation. At the end of the day, it's not. It's not just a job. It's it's something that you've got to consistently and diligently. Um, have a long-term plan and develop the skills, behaviors, characteristics, habits to to reach the level that you want to reach. Um, And precious few uh, salespeople, in my opinion, are true professionals that do that. Um, I mean, I, in order for me to get over my fear of communication, and I had massive fear about communication, um, you know, just me speaking on this video with you here is just you know years ago it would just be unheard of but i went to a um i went to an acting class and there was a particular um actor who was teaching business professionals including salespeople, how to step into a particular character how to articulate what it is that you want to say how to enunciate better how to do some breathing techniques to help with your speech performance so i completely understand and um so i would love to ask you about couple of things, including the questioning element that you talked about, as well as how to sell on LinkedIn, I really intrigued that but I have one question to ask you, which is you talked about follow up. Mm. What does great follow up look like? Because there's some really bad ones out there.
1: Yeah, most follow up is pretty generic. What did you think of the message I sent you last week? Mm. Which is, is, by the way, is how 99% of people follow up those who even do follow a great follow up is last week, I sent you this message, because You have to remind me why you contacted me. Do not think for one second, your buyer is gonna magically remember what you sent last week, okay? So remind people why you're contacting me. And then the second thing you do is, you mention something about a LinkedIn post I've done. You mention something about a blog on the person's website. You mention something about a press release you've seen. Again, it shows you've done your homework. Most people do not do this at all. You have to do your research. It doesn't take you hours, by the way. It takes you five to ten minutes max mm-hmm. to look into somebody's website. Is there something that news? Okay. A lot of people don't update their website. They just don't, as often as they should. So have a look on Twitter. Have a look on Instagram if they're on there. What are they talking about? A lot of business people aren't on Instagram, but they are on Twitter. And mm-hmm. if they're not on Twitter, they have a LinkedIn company page. And again, I'm looking at these things. Anytime I try to follow up with somebody, by the way, I've noticed you've done this. Congratulations. Don't you sure. The company's ten years old. That's fantastic news. Most companies don't get past five years. You know, little things like that just make a difference. Okay, I am. Um, I just won a client recently, and there was another person involved. There was two directors involved, and the second director. They gave me the name of the second director. The first thing I did was I put his name to Google, and mm-hmm. uh, not only did I look at his LinkedIn profile, but I had a look at some information on the company page about him. And he spoke three languages, and I said to him, "I am." you know, I'm, I'm speaking to your colleague about working together. First of all, speaking three languages, outstanding, you know, Guten Tag. I spent five years working in Germany in Hamburg running shipping events because Hamburg is like a shipping center and uh, Bonjour, never try to speak French to a Frenchman, you just can't impress them, you know, (laughs) because I've tried in France to speak French and the the prisoners don't appreciate it. They just look you up and down, like complete snobs, thinking, who are you to speak our language, you know, and the guy loved it. And it came back to me immediately. We booked a meeting. We got on great. I won the business. But it was me looking and researching that person. Oh, he speaks three languages. Me talking about France and Germany in a completely authentic way because I've worked there that's what makes a difference most people will not do that most people will just try and secure the meeting and try and win the deal i was trying to build a relationship
0: there's a there's a there's a theory in psychology called psychological egoism which basically states that any action or decision we take is ultimately within our own self-interest and and when you look at and it's still a theory because empirically it's very hard to kind of prove and disprove um but what's interesting about what you described there is um, it's not about creating rapport. What you've done is you've created commonality, right? You've created a connection of like minds or or an appreciation. And most people just want to be noticed and appreciated for who they are. We all have this sense of ego and what you've done without being kind of sleazy about it is you've just shown a genuine interest in someone's life and, and, and their character and who they are. And you've shared that with them. And you've opened yourself up for them to actually then share that back with you as well. Um, and, you know, what you just said there, it's not hard to do. It just requires a little bit of effort um, to just look at what this person's interested, in, learn what's about them, and just share that with them in an honest, in an honest and casual, and maybe even a curious way as well. So I thought that was incredibly powerful because I don't think a lot of people do that. And yet it's still so powerful and so simple to do.
1: I'm surprised how few people do it. And I get comments from people on the fact that I do these things, which means other people aren't doing it. Um, And I always say as well, you know, in life, success leaves clues. That's a Tony Robbins saying. And, you know, one really important thing you do is you can see from my bookshelf here, I do a ton of reading. I got two bookshelves here, one here, one upstairs, and you know, in the books I read, one of the best books you can read is How to Win Friends and Influence People, and there's an entire chapter dedicated on just getting to know people, an entire chapter mentioning somebody's name, which is very important, uh, and really getting to know a person, and the important, that book was written about a hundred years ago, and it still is relevant today, it's one of the few old books you read, It's, it's like, socrates and all all the great philosophers so much of it is just relevant to today it's it's really as timeless so that's why i'm saying everybody in sales read learn develop yourself every day you know every day for half an hour here's something Mm. a book it's just on my desk right now um half an hour a day i read in the morning before i start work and then the evening i try to read a second book which is completely different so I'll try and read like a personal development one in the morning, and then the evening I'll read business or sales for about 20 minutes. But again, I take notes. Everything I, I read, I think, is exceptionally good to write it down, because when you write something down, you learn things faster. And not a lot of people do that. People, especially young people, are obsessed about everything has to be in their phone. And that's really dangerous. Stop stop using technology all day long. Be a human being, <laughs> just have a pen and paper, have a schedule, you know, write things down, have a gratitude journal, it's really, there are certain things that are old fashioned that still work and writing with a pen and a paper works, or writing on a pen and recycled paper works.
0: I can talk about the neuroscience behind that because I come from that background. Um, and there are studies that show without a doubt that writing is the most effective and essentially it's because you're creating a contextual reference which is one of the three pillars for how your brain actually learns things in the most powerful way so so typing and they did studies on this so i i can i can validate and say that there is absolute scientific evidence behind that and i'm glad that you mentioned that because i think i've observed people being too focused on typing their notes as opposed to writing their notes so talking about creating a connection with people and, and showing appreciation, one of the most powerful vehicles for doing that is questioning. And I, I saw a video of yours the other day where you talk about the importance of um questioning, listening, and then recommending.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Now, questioning is a skill or approach that a lot of salespeople still struggle with. So before we go into kind of how you can how you can kind of improve that, why do you feel that's that a
1: large number of salespeople still struggle with questioning. Because all we're trying to do is sell our product. And you're trying to sell your product, what you end up doing is talking most of the time. Mm. Most salespeople, again, when I work with people as a coach, I, I often observe their demos or I listen to their calls. And about 80% of the time, if not more, they're talking. And when a price objection comes up, it changes to 100% of the time they talk, <laughs> which, which is not 100%. Yep. 100%. I mean, literally, they go straight from 80 to 100%. The client says that's too expensive. They start rambling on, and they talk themselves out of a deal. So asking questions is very important because it allows you to understand customer better. So I was reading about this on your website. How do you feel about that? Or what does that mean to you? That's a good question to ask. Uh, I love to ask forward-based questions. Um, so you know, the world's changed so much in twenty twenty two more than we ever thought it could. What's going to be the biggest factors in your business in the first two months of twenty twenty three? That's a, that's a future-based business, and it's great because you're asking someone's expertise. I ask all my clients this because I genuinely want to know as well, but it also shows I respect their opinion. Um, that person I mentioned, you know, you speak three languages. That's incredible. I could barely speak English half the time. What's it like learning three languages? That's just a simple common sense, everyday question. But do you see how for me, it's almost about curiosity as well. And that's why I like asking questions because it enables me to understand somebody better and it's not just understanding somebody from a business perspective, it's also understanding their personals. Stuff as well. So I have I've discovered a lot of my clients have autistic kids. Two years ago, nobody ever admitted to that. Now a lot of people have children who are on the spectrum. So many are on the spectrum now. I can talk about that because my nephew is nonverbal autistic, which is much more challenging. Um, I know people who have side hustles the weekend. I can talk to them about that. I know people with mental health challenges. I can talk about mental health challenges because I suffered for years with mental health problems when I got divorced. I'm in lockdown, my business just disappeared. So I ask questions because you often get answers that sometimes are unexpected, or it often leads to an interesting conversation you weren't expecting. And it helps you connect with somebody on a deeper level and build trust and sales, whether they agree with it or not, is about relationships. So
0: obviously in the time we have, we're not gonna go through a sales training uh, program around questioning but you talked about a few things there that were really important. And and one that really stuck out for me was curiosity And, and some of the best, best people who I, who I see who are great at questioning, they have that mindset of genuine curiosity about their buyer or the person that they're speaking with. What other things should our viewers and listeners be aware of that would help elevate their questioning approach?
1: Listening. So when you ask a question, Listen very carefully to what's has been said. Listen to the tone in which it's being said as well. So if you mm. say to somebody, you know, how is your current supplier? Are they serving you right? Are they delivering 100%? And if somebody goes, yeah, they're OK. Most people would go, OK, that's fine. Someone says that to me, I'm like, really, just OK? <laughs> you know, I, I hear that and I pick up on it. So the way you listen to what somebody says is so important. And the second thing I do, which again, not many people do is, you know, I take notes in, in a meeting as well. And I'm happy to have pauses in a negotiation. Most people are terrified of pauses. They're terrified of silence. Silence is your friend. And I have at least three or four pauses in the conversation. When I mention the rate, I stay, I stay quiet for at least 10 seconds and I wait for the other person to speak. Again, these are really just subtle things that make a huge difference when it comes to sales. But yes, more people need to listen. Uh, You should not be talking more than 30 to 40% of the time, really, ever.
0: Yeah, It's, it's it's a skill that people still find very challenging. And I think what you just said there about the fact that their focus, their attention, their intention, actually, is more on selling. And therefore, that naturally makes them feel that they have to do all the talking in order to kind of just throw out everything that's great about them. As opposed to asking poignant questions that will help them understand what the buyer's world is and what they're going through, so that you have something to offer them that's relevant. So I thought that was very interesting. And what you said about listening was really cool. So, I mean, I liken it to you're listening with your ears, your eyes and your heart as well, Hmm. because you're listening for the tone and what they're saying. You're listening with your eyes because you're watching their body language, because sometimes that will give you a cue. And you're listening with your heart as well because you're almost kind of there's a connection between you and that person. you can feel sometimes when something is not quite right or they' you're you're you can feel for answers that they're not saying if that makes sense you're you're not just listening for what they're saying you're listening for what they don't say and you're reading between the lines as well. so I thought that was um uh, I thought that was really powerful what you shared i want to cu- I want to ask you about LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Because I noticed that you also, I I saw a ton of recommendations on LinkedIn about you, mm-hmm. and what surprised me was that a lot of them were from marketing professionals. Mm. I thought marketing professionals would be pretty proficient at LinkedIn. Turns out that may not be the case. I'm i I'm not I'm not here to judge in any way. <laughs> I, don't, I don't I don't I don't I don't know I don't know because I don't know every marketer out there, and therefore I don't have any numbers. But I was surprised by the number of marketing people that clearly have gone through your program and, and loved it so much that they were willing to share that recommendation. Talk to, talk to me about how, how should people approach outbound or buyer communication through LinkedIn? What are, what are, the, what are the, the, the kind of cardinal sins? And what are the things that, and they might be small things, but if you do them, they will, they will create a disproportionate positive effect.
1: The cardinal sins of LinkedIn are to do like a generic press release post that is of no interest to anybody. And that's what most marketeers do, by the way. And the reason marketeers... I'm I'm really honoured that marketeers come to me. Marketeers and business owners come to me the most. Hmm. Entrepreneurs, startups, very few salespeople do because most salespeople don't have much awareness. They don't, I'm sorry, they don't have much awareness. And those that do have awareness often do really dumb things. Like they invest in that Wolf of Wall Street guy or Grant Cardone or people who just don't do sales the way it should be done because they see the money, they see the private jets, they don't see the quality of helping people, you know, money and wealth and power are very alluring to people, especially young people. I've been there. I've been in my 20s. And if you said to me, you can have a great life serving people and a great career, or you can get rich quick, I'll I'll choose rich quick, (laughs) because I didn't know any better in my 20s. You know, And I'm really honored that so many marketing people and marketing managers and HR managers come to me for advice. But that's because I have the personal touch. It's not because, by the way, I'm the greatest LinkedIn trainer in the UK. I am not. There are at least two people I can mention who are way better than me. In fact, probably mentioned about five people who are way better than me, but it's about having the human touch. A lot of people who are brilliant at their jobs are real introverts and don't really know how to talk to people, whereas I can communicate people very quickly, because like I said at the beginning, it's about serving others. And if you come from a place of serving, you'll want to ask questions, you'll want to help others. So when people want to have a call with me saying, now, I'm interested in coaching, can we have a chat? I'm like, no, we can't have a chat. What you're going to do is I'm going to send you a document and you're going to fill that in. And that document is, what do, again, questions. What do you want to achieve? Why do you want to achieve it? How will you feel when you achieve it? Why hasn't this been achieved yet? And the most important thing is, in a scale of one to 10, how committed are you to doing this? And again, these are all questions. Notice it's not me saying, hi, I'm an award-winning trader. I'm a LinkedIn top voice. Or written they, they don't care for a start. <laughs> but all they care about is getting results for themselves. So I ask those questions. And you'd be amazed number of people who approach me who don't even reply. Like, can we just have a call? No, we can't have a call. You have to fill in those questions because I cannot help you unless you tell me what your problem is. And so that's a great way of getting rid of people who are a complete waste of time. Mm -hmm. That's a great way of understanding which people are serious. So that's the first thing I do. Um, And it was very, very important to say that because as a business owner, you do not take a meeting with anybody who wants a meeting. You just don't. Your time is too precious. You ask people questions, if they don't fill it in, you also follow up because sometimes people are busy and they forget. And if they still don't do it. Forget about them. They're not worth having as a client. They just want some free advice from you. So that's worth mentioning. Uh, so the reason people go wrong is they do stuff like a boring press release, which have no, no interest to in anybody. Or they say things that everybody else is talking about, which isn't very interesting. That's why I'm always saying tell your personal story, because when you tell your personal story, it's unique to you. All the best posts this week I've seen on LinkedIn are people telling personal stories, whether it's a loss of a cat or whether it's somebody talking about mental health battles or somebody saying, my two biggest clients haven't paid. What am I supposed to do this Christmas? People understand that. They get it. It's different, but they still get it. But talking about yet another HR tool or another software tool, it's not that interesting, really. So you want to think, there was something I mentioned recently at a talk I was giving If most people are going this way it's very important you go this way Mm. it took me a long time unfortunately to really understand this so about two years ago i was fighting for the same crumbs as all my competition we're always fighting for the same business and quite often i would lose on price and once i started differentiating myself from my competition so they were on linkedin two or three times a week i was on linkedin five times a week they spent a lot of time on LinkedIn bragging and showing off about how busy they were. I talked about the struggle of finding new clients. My, my competition didn't talk about their personal life. I talked about my personal life. The horrors of online dating at my age, being an Indian man in Ireland. You cannot imagine how difficult that is. you know. And I just stood out from my competition. I wasn't better. I stood out. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden they stayed here and I went to this high level here. And I've been there for 18 months, and they haven't caught up on me yet still. And that's really important. And even now, at the end of, you know, near the end of 2022, my competitors are still doing the same thing. What have I done? I did a TEDx talk last week, which none of my competitors have done this year. And my third book was released yesterday. None of my competition have written a book. So you've got to stay ahead of the competition, and you've got to be different. And that's what LinkedIn is about. It's not just about sharing value. It's about being different. And having your voice heard. Sorry, that was a long answer, but I wanted to kind of give that answer.
0: No, it's not a long answer. It was a great answer, and uh, I'm glad I've recorded this because I can go back and uh, start uh, collecting some notes from what you just shared. And I'm I'm sure our viewers and listeners got some value from that. I, I'm blown away by how fast the time has gone. I wish I could ask you many more questions, um, and maybe we can have you back on the show as well if you, if you're interested. So, the couple of questions I would like to ask you that I ask all all of our guests when they join our show. Uh, So the first one is, um, what three books would you recommend our viewers and listeners read? Or alternatively, you might say, "Here here are the names of three experts that they should really follow and learn from. Looking at my bookshelf,
1: everybody should have an understanding of mindset, emotional intelligence. This will affect you in a profound way, especially with just your brain being fried 24 hours a day um for mindset stress for success it's a very old book it's an excellent book one of the best i've read in the last year um in terms of really loving sales okay in terms of linkedin uh the ultimate linkedin sales guide by daniel disney mm-hmm. i love that um that's a really good book and in terms of public speaking. I mean, really, TED Talks is a superb book because it teaches you about speaking. Okay, a lot of it is relevant to TEDx, but so much is relevant to storytelling, which again, most salespeople do not do. Most business people don't tell stories. Even the most brilliant entrepreneurs and startups, the people I meet who do startups and run multiple companies are so intelligent, incredibly intelligent, but they're terrible at selling they stare at their feet or they talk too much and they just don't, they tend to get where they are by grit. And if you just slow down a tiny bit and learn how to tell stories and communicate with people. Or they learn public speaking skills, which again is a very good sales skill to have. It's just amazing how much you can learn. So those books there, I would definitely recommend. Yeah, really valuable. Thank you for
0: sharing those. Um, how can our viewers and listeners learn more about you and get in touch?
1: Yeah, just go to my LinkedIn profile Uh, Clicking the bell next to my profile. That means every time I do a post, you'll be notified. I do four posts a week, sometimes five, depending how busy I am. Um, Or you can go to everybodyworksinsales.com. I've got a a six, seven page PDF about getting results for the year ahead. And you can download that and learn from it. But most importantly, just please take action. I say that to everybody. Please don't just read my stuff. Please take action because that's what's going to get progress. And that's what's going to help you get success.
0: Yeah, completely agree. Uh, knowledge is not power; knowledge is potential power, and uh, it's when you it's when you take action that your effort and vision and intelligence touches touches the world. Um, so yeah, to, to, totally agree. And and I would recommend. I've I've gone through your website, obviously as part of my preparation for this conversation, uh, and I found a ton of stuff on there that's valuable. So I would. And if I've if I can find that, and I've got twenty years' experience, and I've worked in some of the best companies around the world than anyone else should and can as well. So, Niraj, thank you for joining us on the show and for sharing some incredible insights and advice here. It's been a pleasure to have you on. Moeed, I really appreciate your time. Thank you so much. Great, and and this is Moeed Amin signing out. If you are interested in understanding the science, uh, particularly the neuroscience and behavioral psychology that's involved in sales and the buying behavior, If you want to get access to my research with over 428 B2B buyers, then do uh, contact me, uh, link in the show notes below. Until the next episode, thank you and I'll see you shortly.